This is the 4501 Podcast, Episode 7, How to Build a PC from Scratch. Hey, Tony, how's it going? I'm doing superb. Okay, wow. Yeah. That's very good. Just a wonderful day. All right. Well, today we're going to be talking about building a personal computer or a desktop computer, uh, not a laptop, a computer, a desktop computer. This has got to be our most nerdy, geeky, technical episode so far. I know it is. It's, it's a lot of engineering and computers all in one. But we'll try to do our best to bring everything down to a level that our audience can understand and hopefully you guys can walk away with some more knowledge about this topic today. Yeah, I mean, I just, we're, we're talking about this now because I just built a desktop computer for myself and it's like super fun. It was super fun to put all the pieces together and then actually physically put all the parts together and um, I don't know, just making your own computer, your own. Because buying a pre-built is, is kind of annoying. Yeah, because you have limited options, right? You limited can... options and you you basically aren't able to design the computer how you want it to be, uh, but building one yourself, you can. Yep. So we'll, today we'll get into all of that. We'll talk about budgets, the different parts to a computer, what's all inside, what, how everything works together with each other. And uh, yeah, let's, let's just jump right into it. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I just built my own computer um why, and, why did you build it what was your yeah, uh, that's a good question yeah. and i think that's the most important question so if you ever go to best buy and this is one of those things that i hate about going to best buy is they don't ask you what you're what like, they ask you what you need but they don't ask you why you need it mm. like does that make sense yeah so like why sell me if i'm buying a computer primarily for video editing why do i need a gaming computer like yes they have similar specs but it's not the end all be all right game computers are built for gaming they're not built for video editing necessarily yeah they're more suited for their purpose yeah so and that's one thing i, I best buy employees that's the one thing i hate they just don't ask you what what you're needing it for so you walked into best buy and you had this experience no well i mean this is a general you've been with me to best buy before and you know my philosophy on the employees there i feel like every time you go to best buy you get pissed off well, because I know I can do a better job and I'm not supposed to be, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's probably because I just know more, but yeah. So with that being said, what did you want to build a computer for? What is your intention with that? Yeah. So you and I obviously have been doing a lot more, I guess, media type stuff. So you've been editing your videos and we've been doing this podcast and for a long time I've been making videos and also just, um, editing photos, editing videos, and it's just got to a point where I usually started to work on my MacBook Pro, but that's probably about six or seven or eight years old now. Mm -hmm. And so I'm slowly, that computer is starting to die a little bit and it's not exactly what I want to happen. Um, did you see like in the news, you've seen that Apple has a lot of thermal uh, throttling going on. Thermal throttling. Now, what does that mean? Yeah, so thermal... Th obviously, if you have a computer, everyone has a computer. It gets really hot, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like you feel it. Touch, it just yeah. gets hot. 
So thermal throttling is basically if your computer reaches a certain temperature, the computer automatically has built-in safeguards to prevent that temperature from damaging your stuff. So usually what that does is it, it actually slows down the performance of your computer because it's getting way too hot. And so Apple is kind of notorious for doing this mm. for their iPhones, with their PC, well, not their, their, their MacBooks. Yeah. Um, the Mac Mini that just came out, um, I've been reading reviews on it. That thing gets over to like, that thing gets to be like 90 degrees Celsius, so, yeah. Celsius, which is super, super. I don't know what the equation is. I should. Well, 100 is boiling, right? Yeah. For cell. Yeah. So if you imagine your computer is at 90 degrees at like 80% load, basically those thermal throttling is going to kick in and all your speeds are going to get slower because it's getting too hot. It sounds like a way to protect itself from like burning out. Yeah, that's exactly it. But it lowers your speeds. Yeah. So that was happening to my MacBook because you could the the apples are also notorious for their fan not kicking on fast enough because mm. they like to keep their f- computers quiet. Of course. But I, I should say I am a f- Apple fanboy, right? I love Apple products, but they just don't. <laughs> they're not as practical as I would like them to be. Yeah, that makes sense. So that so that sounds like going back to the question, you are building your PC for two reasons. One, because your MacBook Pro is slowly dying, and the second one is to have like a multimedia editing yeah. PC. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I want to do video, photo editing, maybe do some other stuff. But for the most part, I need um, a computer that can handle that. And so I built one, and it so far is working out pretty well. That's awesome. We'll we'll definitely talk about that. But before we do, I want to talk about other reasons for building a PC that I can think of. Um, I think at one, the other end of the spectrum would be, you know, having a computer just for like browsing the internet. Now, you you can build a PC to do this. I don't know why you would, but it would be a very bare bones computer. You wouldn't have to have a lot of specs, and we'll get into those more a little bit later. But I just want to contrast that with what Mark has built, which is a pretty souped up computer here with lots of expensive parts, I would say. So I was lucky that the parts in here weren't super expensive. So that's one of the things it, it is an expensive process, but if I were to build, if, if someone was to pre pre build this computer for me, basically put all this stuff that I have in this computer and build it for me and me going to a store and buying it, it would have been double expensive like it would have been a lot more expensive okay so so one of the reasons you would build a pc is to save the cost of building one that's like commercial off the shelf yes and, and so with that being said there's no warranty with this right mm-hmm. if something breaks there's a part warranty mm-hmm. that i will have to deal with but um everything i have to, you have to solve it yourself so if you don't want to deal with that then obviously building a computer isn't for you yeah that makes sense yeah so one of the things is that Another purpose for gaming, like people who game a lot, do PC gaming, they build their computers primarily. Yeah, I would put gaming and multimedia editing up there. Oh, specifically video editing up there is like the higher end type of custom built PCs. Yeah, definitely. And then somewhere in the middle would be probably like a, just a typical server that you would want to maybe host a website, serve some files, or have like a home entertainment multimedia center that you can stream videos locally. Yeah, but you don't really need a big computer for that, right? You can just get a NAS. NAS, yes. A NAS is a network-attached storage device, which is basically a hard drive that's connected to your router. 
Yeah, exactly. And you're able to access the files you put on there from wherever, as long as it's attached to the internet. Yeah, but like the same thing with building a custom PC. If you want to build a custom, I guess, NAS, you have that option as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we both have NASs. Yeah, they're both Synology disk station NASs. Yeah, and honestly, they're lifesavers. I think at this point, we've been saving files for the last two or three years between video and audio, or probably video primarily in pictures. Yeah, I, I just like it because it's a central place where I can keep all of my documents, videos, pictures, all in one that I know they're all going to be there. Yeah, exactly. So I love my NAS, um, but building a computer for a NAS, is, it's just way easier just to buy a NAS. In your opinion? I don't want to build one. <laughs> yeah, but the option is there. Moving right along, let's talk about computer basics 101 what like i know a lot of people look at computers and they just see a screen and like some internal inner workings but what's actually going on under the hood there let's let's attempt to answer that question for our audience yeah that'd be a good idea um so i guess the first thing we could start off with is the uh the motherboard and the cpu those are probably the two most important yeah so if you ever cracked open a computer or seen a circuit board in general that's that green piece of equipment in there. Well, mine's white. It doesn't have to be green. Okay, okay. It's just the big the panel. It's the, it's the big panel yeah. that everything is attached to. Yep. And that the purpose of the motherboard is really to have a way for different components in your computer to talk to one another. Yeah, it just links all the components together. That's all it's there for. Yep. So you mount it your CPU directly on there? Yep. And you actually, well, you don't mount, you plug, well, I guess you mount, I don't know the correct term, but you, I, I essentially just plugged it in. Yeah. It's got this little kind of latch that you just plug it into. We should probably define what a CPU is. It's a central processing unit. And for those of you who don't know what that is either, a central processing unit is basically, the. I would equate it to the brains of the computer. The brain of the computer. Yeah. It's um. It has all the logic, all the bits and bytes, and everything is computed right there in the CPU. Yeah. So basically, all information with the computer is what? Binary. Which means what, Tony? Ones and zeros. Life is binary. I love that idea, but <laughs> what is actually? What is that actually? These are these are electronic signals, and they're either on or off, and you can represent different words by putting these in sequence together, and running them through the CPU. So essentially, what are they? They're just ones and zeros. That's what you mean by binary. Yes, that's yes. So exactly. So the CPU's main responsibility is to what? Compute. And process those ones and zeros to actual... Instructions. St instructions, words, sounds. Yep, everything. I events, yeah. So it is really like the brain. Yeah. And so one thing is that the CPU is rated... It's very interesting that when you have these manufacturers for the CPUs, they're basically... Like, so I got a, for my PC build, I got a Ryzen 7 1700X, but there's also a 1700 model. And so the difference between the 1700 and the 1700X is that they're just rated differently. So they come off the same exact man manufacturing line, but when, you, when AMD goes to actually rate their chips, if it's not rated to a specific specification, it gets a 1700 designation. Mm -hmm. But if, it's, if it passes the rating designation, it gets a 1700X variant. 
Interesting. So, th- like, and that's amongst all chips, essentially. Yeah. It, so, uh, for for those of you who don't know, CPUs are measured in frequency and gigahertz nowadays. Yep. Are, is there a difference in the gigahertz speed for exactly. those? Exactly. So the rating system is based on the the frequency speed for for the specific ri- risen ris- Ryzen Ryzen Ryzen. <laughs> was there a difference between the X and the non X? So the Ryzen was Ryzen seven seventeen hundred X was rated higher than the seventeen hundred. Okay. And so that's what I mean by kind of those, those, those ratings. Yeah. And, but what's interesting is like, they're the same exact chips, but they're rated differently based on just random randomness, essentially. Like it's the, it's the, the silicone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Microchips are made out of silicone. And so if you have a, I was on Reddit and I didn't know this until actually building's computer. If you can, um, if you have a microchip, if you have a CPU that's able to be, um, it's a, if you're able to change it to a very fast speed, we call it overclocking. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're able to overclock your CPU to make it work at a fast, faster and higher frequency, it's called winning the silicone lottery. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So if you're able to, that most ideal CPU is a fast speed, but also it takes less power to get it to that speed. So usually if you increase the frequency, you have to increase the power. So the most ideal, frequency, the most ideal scenario is having a high frequency with low power right. consumption, right? right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's called winning the silicone lottery. Uh-huh. I like that. That's, yeah, I know. It's awesome. Never heard of that before. Um, actually, let, while we're going through these parts, the basic parts for a computer, let's talk about the specs for your specific computer that you just built. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Do, um, do you remember what the frequency was for your um, so right now it's at 3.5 gigahertz base, mm-hmm. and I think the if need be, it can turbo boost up to 3.9 gigahertz. Oh, nice. So I think I don't know what the average CPU actually is, but it's probably that's higher than normal. Yeah, I think I would say consumer, the average is like what 3.0 or 3.2, yeah, right around three, right now. Yeah, 2019. So, yeah, and so another thing is that this CPU has eight cores in it. Mm-hmm. Can you explain a core? Because I can't. They're just separate units that can do the same thing in parallel. So the more cores you have, the more you can get throughput in the CPU. At yeah. One. So so in a more practical sense, I think that like if you had Google Chrome, so Chrome, if you have let's say one tab of Chrome needs one core of your CPU. That's not what happens in reality. Okay. You probably do a lot more. But if you had one tab of Chrome open and that used one core. That means that you could have like eight tabs open at the same time working at good efficiency. That's a fair analogy. Yeah. But if you had like a, most are like dual, duo, duo cores or quad cores, mm-hmm. you could only open two or four core, two or two or four tabs of Google Chrome and it would work fine. Yeah. We're each. If you give above those, then you get kind of slow. slow. Yeah. It would slow down a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good way to dumb it down. Yeah, I think so. Um, so again, more cores is better. Exactly. And, it, and this goes back to the idea of, of multitasking. You're just have, able to do more at the same time. Yep, yep. The more cores, the better. Yep. Right along those same lines is something called a GPU, which is a graphics processing unit. Yeah, some people also call this a graphics card. Yeah. I mean, the graphic, the GPU is on the graphics card. The graphics card itself has inputs and outputs. But the GPU is equivalent to the, the, the square piece, the CPU that you mounted. Yep, exactly. So what did you get for your GPU? Yeah, so I have a uh, 
MSI Gaming X RX 570. It's by AMD. And so the, the two, I guess we, we never went over this, but the two uh, CPU kind of brands out there are AMD and Intel. Mm-hmm. And then for GPUs, the two main brands are AMD and NVIDIA. But also, actually, Intel is making their own GPUs soon. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it's coming out next year or in 2020 or something like that. That's an interesting market for them to step into. Well, they need to, apparently, because they're, I mean, they're CPUs. But anyway, that's, that's beyond. Maybe we can talk that in a different, well, we can talk about that later. Um, the reason for that. Yeah. But they they are very similar pieces of hardware. I mean, they they do actually. They're <laughs> let me take that back. They're different pieces of hardware, but they're both processing units. They both the the only difference is the GPU is specific to your graph, like your monitor. Whatever you're seeing, it's dedicated to taking care of that and handling that. So and then the CPU is taking care of everything else in the background yeah. of the computer. Yep. All the processes on your computer and whatnot. So it's de- the GPU is definitely like a visualization type of thing, mm-hmm. and be- that's only because, um, let's say you were looking at, um, um, like you're playing a video. So GPUs are very um, necessary for playing video games, and the reason for that is because video games are very graphic heavy software. Mm-hmm. You need to render out a tree and a car and a moving car and a blade of grass and a gun and a bullet and a house and everything. You just have to render out a lot of different stuff very quickly because that's what video games are. You don't want to play a very slow moving game because that just looks terrible and you can't play. It's unplayable. Mm -hmm. And so graphics cards main job are just to render out all those graphics and all the visual displays and throw them to your monitor and to your, to your screen. Yeah. And you remember how we were talking about, the cores earlier in a cpu well the thing with a graphics card that makes it different is there's thousands and thousands of cores in a gpu and each one of those cores it's not necessarily i don't think a one-to-one like mapping from a core to a pixel but uh, that's kind of how it works with the the gpu your it's dead it, it has to handle every single you know pixel on your screen so there's more throughput going through your gpu Whereas with the CPU, there's you want it to happen faster at a faster rate, like the 3.8 gigahertz or whatever, um, but less is going to get through there at once. Yeah, so I think the best example is actually using the, the craze that happened earlier this year, the mm-hmm. Bitcoin mining craze. Um, so for those of you that don't know this, Bitcoin and all cryptocurrencies is basically solving a very complex equation and once you solve that equation, uh, you're rewarded with like a Bitcoin or Electronium or Ethereum or whatever it may be. So um, it used to be back 10, 15 years ago that you could use CPUs for that. But then people found out that you can use GPUs to solve the equations faster. So the analogy I've heard was that CPUs are like scientists. They can do one thing at a time really, really well. But GPUs are not like scientists. They're like construction workers or something. They can do a lot of different things um, in a smaller amount of time. Um, so for Bitcoin, mm-hmm. they solved a lot of those equations in a shorter amount of time when compared yeah. to the CPU. The CPU can only do like one or two equations, whereas the GPU can do hundreds. And that's kind of what I've found between the GPU and the CPU. 
Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So one is a lot smarter than the other one. Yeah, I love that analogy, Mark. And I think we'll talk about the last two aspects of computer parts that are critical or core to all computers. And those are storage and memory. Now, a lot of people get these two mixed up. Storage is stuff like a hard drive and a solid state drive, whereas memory is like RAM or random access memory. And a lot of people think memory is a hard drive, but that's actually not the case. So let's talk about each one of these individually. So storage, like I said, hard drive. That is the more like towards the you know 70s, 80s, 90s and early 2000s, that's when we had these spinning magnetic disks with kind of like a record player head that seeks around and reads individual bits from the disk. Those are slowly phasing out and being replaced with solid state drives or SSDs for short. Those are much quicker, uh, they're, they're, they're closer related to RAM or random access memory, which um, you, you essentially are able to read any part of the disk without seeking. So you have instantaneous, well, near instantaneous reads and writes. So that allows for a lot better performance when making those reads and writes. And um, that, like I said, that's really closely related to RAM, which is ultimately the, well, one of the fastest memory components of a computer. There's actually something called cache, like L2 and L3 cache, but we're not going to talk about that. RAM is what you could think of that as like the short-term memory for the computer. It's holding uh, what you're currently working on in memory in the computer. So if you open Google Chrome, our example from earlier, if you open Google Chrome and you have those eight tabs open, each one of those tabs is going to have a certain amount of RAM allotted to it for it to store the text of the web page and all the images and whatnot. So those two pieces, memory and storage, bring our list of must-have computer pieces to an end. Uh, I guess the only other one, what would you say, is a, a case? It's Yeah, cases are pretty important, obviously. Um, actually, it's not critical. Not critical, but it does keep out the dust and if you have, like, water. Yeah, so it's very practical to have a case for your computer, and that is the physical box, the tower that your all your parts sit in. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, let's, let's talk about what type of... Actually, wait, we forgot one. Power supply. Well, I mean, that's not the biggest thing. It is important, though, right? It's a critical piece. <laughs> yeah, if you don't have a power supply, then you don't have a computer. Yeah, so that's just all the uh, the the thing that you plug into the wall plus the individual power sources for each of your components. So you're going to have something that goes from the power supply to your hard drive, something that goes from the power supply to your motherboard, and something that goes from the power supply to your hard drive. Yeah, and, and one thing is that it's rated in watts, okay? And so when you have your power supply, you need to make sure that your power supply has enough power or is able to provide enough power for your setup. So most PC builds I've seen need at least probably 500 watts. That's probably your minimum. So what do you do? You go through and add up all of your individual components and yeah. make sure they don't exceed your power supply? Most components have like, it's called a TDP, and I don't know what that stands for. Um, but basically you add up all the TDPs of all your components and they should obviously equal less than your power supply okay that makes sense is it worth noting what kind of memory and storage you got for your pc i know we kind of skipped over that yeah so for the memory for ram i got um vengeance lpx by corsair um but 
there's so I got a Ryzen processor, which is by AMD. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing is that Ryzen seems to do work better with RAM sticks or memory that is rated at higher speeds. Okay, so mm-hmm. for those of you that don't know, there's also frequencies involved in RAM. But basically, everything is rated. The standard RAM speed is actually 2,133 megahertz, I think. Is it megahertz? Probably, yeah. That's the standard. You'll see a lot of RAM sticks out there rated for a lot higher, like 266 or 33,000 or 3,200 mm, or 3,600. Yeah. Those are solely for like overclocking purposes. So you can actually overclock your RAM. But the way they do that is you have they, all those RAM sticks have like a smaller chip in them called an XMP. It's actually Intel branded called XMP. So you also see it as DOCP. But basically, you have to enable that XMP chip on your RAM sticks to get it to faster speeds. And so for Ryzen, the CPU, and this goes back to thinking about your build, Ryzen CPUs work best when they have higher frequency RAM sticks. So I have 2066 in mine, but it would have done a lot better if I had 3000 or 3200. Mm-hmm. But the reason I didn't go that high is because I didn't have, I needed, you have a budget when you make mm-hmm. your computers. And so the budget matters. And we're about to go into that. But um, for my storage, I also got a SSD. I have two storage sources. The first is an SSD. Um, There are different classes of that, but the best are are NAND, N-A-N-D, SSDs. Um, And then I also have a couple old hard drives that I had lying around. So I added that too. So altogether, my case has about 100 or 1.25 terabytes of, of storage. Okay. And you well, definitely want to load your operating system like Windows or Mac OS on an SSD versus the hard drive. Versus your hard drive mm. cuz it just it takes a lot faster. It's faster to to open your OS. It, it it makes a huge difference. Yeah, I believe it. I can definitely see that being the case. What what was the capacity of your SSD? 256 gigs. Okay. And so we're shooting this recording this now in in December of 2018. RAM prices and SSD prices are going to be falling in 2019. Yeah? Yeah, that's there's an oversupply of it. I've been reading the articles. There's too much RAM and there's too much SSDs being produced. And there's obviously it's more supply, low demand. So that's why prices are going to fall in 2019. Yeah, and I believe it. And uh, one thing I think worth noting here that I learned in school is Moore's Law. Did you ever hear of that? Yeah. It's like the... Every, 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 the longer time goes on, the the, the cheaper price gets yeah and for technology specific it's like every 18 months you like double capacity and um reduce speed or i'm not something you half speed or something like that every 18 months yeah which is which is really fascinating yeah so if you guys haven't heard our episode on like the science stuff like science episodes um i think we talked about mine in like episode four or whatever this actually applies a lot to science too so everyone's heard of like genome sequencing. So mm-hmm. this like 23andMe stuff that's going on. Yeah. Um, back five to 10 years ago, this sequencing costs about hundreds of thousands of dollars to sequence something to basically sequencing, meaning you can read your DNA sequence to learn what type of genes you have that are being activated or not activated. Yeah. And now that price has come down from like $100,000 to about $1,000. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's significant. Per sample. So it's a very significant drop. So Moore's Law is acting in, in all technology spaces. 
Yeah. So if you haven't heard, I don't think we talked about it that episode, but if you haven't heard or listened to those science podcasts, go check them out. Yeah, they're just a couple episodes back and they're definitely worth a listen. Is there anything else we want to talk about? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I think that the main idea is, um, do you want to build a computer or do you want to buy a computer? So if you're trying to buy a computer, um, the main question you have to ask yourself is, do I want to go with a Mac or do I want to go with a Windows computer? So you can actually build a PC for a Apple product. They're called Hackintoshes. Oh, Hackintosh. I like that. Yeah. Um, but the problem is you're pretty locked into the type of components that you need to use. So primarily you're going to need to use an Intel CPU and Intel-based systems. Um, and AMD CPUs aren't going to mesh very well with the the Mac OS. And obviously um, when you actually get to uploading and installing your OS, you won't have the full capabilities. So I would say if you're going to go with the, if you want the Mac-based computers, then you're going to need to buy it. I don't think you're going to build it. But if you want to go Windows, then buying is totally applicable. You can do a lot, and you're very flexible with that. Okay, so Windows sounds like the way to go in this case. I I think one other thing that we're missing here is uh, a Linux flavor of an operating system. So you have Windows, Mac, and then Linux. I, I, I think a lot of people who do build PCs are interested in that type of operating system. One, because it's free, open source. Um, and when I say Linux, that is just uh, like the kernel. That's actually not the operating system. The operating system, for example, would be something like Ubuntu or Linux Mint or CentOS. There's dozens and dozens and dozens of Linux distributions. And they're most, for the most part, free. Um, so you also have that option if you don't want to purchase a Microsoft operating system or purchase a Mac operating system, you can get a free operating system from Linux, which has 95% of the functionality of the, the two former operating systems. Yeah, so just to reiterate there, Linux is free, and that brings up the point of budget and cost. Cost is a huge factor in building a PC. So, Mark, what was your experience with cost? Like, how much did you spend on your PC build? Yeah, so I, I uh, think that budget is your... well. Aside from purpose, budget is kind of your most important factor when you build a PC. Mm. You have to make sure that you set a budget. I mean, if you don't have a budget, that's great. Just buy everything. (laughs) But for the most part, people who are college students are building their PCs or people who um, basically you're building a PC, in my opinion, because you don't want to buy a pre-built one. Right. And you realize that the pre-built ones are overpriced and underperformed. So you build your own PC because you can get a... PC that is appropriately priced and performs better than their pre-built ones. Yeah, yeah, totally. They're they're working hand-in-hand with each other, budget and custom-built PCs. And so your budget goes hand-in-hand with what do you want to do. So if you have a CPU that's better for gaming, um, then go with that one. But if you have a budget, um, if you have a CPU that's better for work, let's call it workstation or video editing or photo editing, go with that one. So it's all about balancing your budget. Now, um, within those specific components, I will say that the two competitors are AMD and Intel. And so the, both companies have a different philosophy. AMD usually has cheaper prices than Intel. Intel certainly puts a premium on all their CPUs. So if you look at two CPUs that essentially have the same specs, Intel's going to be more expensive. Um, but AMD, that's their company's philosophy. We're going to produce 
cheaper chips in terms of cost, not performance, uh, that perform equally as good as the Intel. So Intel's like the Apple of CPUs. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They definitely have, uh, they definitely price gouge. Um, but at the same time, for if you're working more for for game, gaming on Intel is better than AMD chips for some reason. It's, I don't know what it is. It could be um, Intel usually has better single core performance, um, but AMD kills Intel in terms of multi-core performance. So basically what I mean by that is that if you're trying to do multiple processes at the same time, multi-core threading means that you can use multiple of your cores to do your process faster. Mm-hmm. So that it's called multi-core threading. Yeah. Yeah. Does that I make guess. sense? Yeah. 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 I feel like everybody's except people who are just browsing the web needs that. Yeah. Type of capability. If you're doing filming and editing, uh, photo editing, stuff like that, you need multi-core threading. It helps yeah. out a lot. It makes your stuff go a lot faster, but at the same time, it seems that AMD CPUs aren't necessarily, um, the software and code, like the software that the CPU uses doesn't mesh well with a lot of the program, the video editing programs. So like the, the AMD chips, if you're using final cut pro as an example, um, Intel chips work a lot faster than AMD chips do for final cut pro. Okay. So it's very dependent on what but that's only because the software's encoded to work better on Intel chips. Okay. So final cut pro, which is a video editing software. Yes plays well, plays better with Intel chips than AMD chips. Yeah. Okay, so wow, research is a huge part of exactly. building a PC. Yeah. But if you're just gaming, usually AMD, I would just go with the, the, the AMD chips. Okay. okay. Um, if you can't afford it. Like if you, again, if you're, if budget is no option, if budget is no limit, go with Intel. Mm-hmm. But for most people, I think budget is a concern. I got a Ryzen 7 1700X processor. Um, it's 3.5 gigahertz base clock, meaning the frequencies base at 3.5 it can get up to 3.9 if it needs to mm-hmm. um i bought this processor for 150 bucks and typically they go on sale between 150 to 160 bucks so i got mine on sale for pretty cheap good job um if you go on amazon right now i think it's between 175 to 200 so i got i save some money there i go to micro center because it's cheaper to go to micro center for a lot of these products but I realize that there's not that many micro centers in the world. Yeah, that's like a Best Buy, right? It is, but it's strictly for computers. Oh, so it's better than a Best it's, Buy. It's like the Wiz almost. Do you remember the Wiz? The Wiz? No, I don't. You don't know what the Wiz is? The Wiz was an old, it was like pre-Best Buy. Never heard of it. I'm disappointed. Yeah. Sounds well, like I would have liked it. Yeah, I was like the Wiz. Um, anyway, so that costs about 150 bucks. The next kind of idea is that, well, if you buy an Intel CPU, chances are it's going to run really hot, okay? Mm -hmm. And this goes into the idea that um, your CPU is working really fast, but at the same time, it needs energy to produce those cycles in terms of electricity. So the more electricity pumps into the CPU, the hotter it's going to get. And so cooling, like we talked about thermal throttling before at the beginning of this podcast, is really important. So you, the ability to cool your central processing unit is a very important aspect. So when you come into cooling, the two kind of main proponents are air cooling versus liquid cooling. Now, air cooling just means you have a giant heat radiator attached to your CPU, 
and it's literally taking the heat from the CPU and dissipating it into the case. Liquid cooling is different. Instead of having this huge kind of metal radiators, you just have a, a heat block that absorbs the heat, transfers that heat to water that gets circulated to a radiator, and it dissipates the heat that way. Are you sure that's like a good idea to have liquid inside of your computer? Yeah, so that's my first kind of, um, I guess, caution, uh -huh. right? Some people aren't comfortable with it. But for me, I got the liquid cooling for my radiator. I got a Corsair H115i Pro pump from, uh, from Micro Center again. Mm -hmm. That was about 130 bucks. Um, and you can, recently they've been going on sale, but those are usually at like 150. So I got a somewhat decent deal. Uh -huh. um, those usually um, are more aesthetically pleasing. And so I didn't want this giant heat sink coming out of my computer case because my case, the case that I bought actually has a glass panel on the side so I can look into the case because aesthetics are a little important to me. I just don't want a black case. So if aesthetics aren't important to you, go with air cooling. It's cheaper. It's going to do equally as good as a job and you won't have to look at it. But if you care about looks, then air versus liquid becomes a more important kind of question to answer. Okay. I see where you're coming from. The last thing we should probably talk about is, is case and RAM. Well, RAM, again, we talked about this earlier. If you get an AMD CPU, faster RAM usually is the way to go. But for Intel, it doesn't matter as much. Okay. So but you still want to get the fastest RAM as possible. Yeah, based on your, uh, your needs. Your needs and your budget. Yep. Right? Always coming so back I think to that. For Ryzen, 266 is probably the most you want to, the least you want to get. 266 or higher is what I've been reading is the best. Now, what is 266? That's the frequency of the RAM sticks. Two, oh, 2066? No, 266. 266. 2666. Got it. Okay. And that's megahertz. Megahertz. Okay. I feel like we're maybe forgetting a couple critical pieces. Um, what about like a keyboard and a mouse? I was lucky to have this stuff from you when you quit your job. <laughs> you're welcome and uh let's see what else oh a, a monitor you got to look at some type of screen monitors are very important and i'm slowly finding that out that i forgot to actually include that in my budget there is actually like a couple different panels and this goes back to what your purpose is is your purpose gaming or is your purpose video editing mm -hmm. so for gaming you want to get a panel that is very responsive it has a high refresh rate so basically, how many times the screen refreshes at a time. When I talk about paneling, I mean like LEDs or LCDs. But basically, there's two main types of panels that are used for computer monitors now. The first one is IPS, or in-plane switching. And the other one is TN, which stands for, I forget. Look it up. Tony Nicholas. Tony Nicholas. But for gaming, you definitely want to go with a TN panel. The colors, uh, so the IPS. IPS is great for colors. Um, if you're video editing or photo editing, you definitely want to go with an IPS panel because your photos will look appropriate. But if you're going for gaming, uh, you want to go with a TN panel because even though the colors don't look as good, basically the response time, so if you move your mouse or click the key, that's going to almost instantly appear in your computer screen. Those response times are usually within one to two milliseconds. So it's very, very quick. And so if you're gaming, that's important. You want to know what TN stands for? No. Twisted pneumatic. Twisted pneumatic. Okay. So fun fact of the day. Yeah. So you, you can't, um, 
IPS panels don't necessarily have fast response times, so they're not that great for gaming. But again, um, it, uh, I can't tell the difference between one millisecond and five milliseconds. Can you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so IPSs are usually like five milliseconds or higher, whereas TN panels are usually five milliseconds lower for response time. But the colors aren't as good. So for me, I would ideally love an IPS panel because my main goal for this project is video and photo editing. Yep, yep. We talked about that earlier. So that makes a lot of sense that you went with that. Yeah. Um, and also, I think the last kind of hidden cost that I didn't really think about was um, software, uh, like specifically the operating system. Thankfully, Microsoft, you can use Windows 10 unactivated. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah, you can. Basically, there's just a watermark that appears on the screen that says this product is inactivated. I feel like that's going to catch up with you. No, but so I was lucky. Um, Georgetown actually provides you with a free Windows 10 education. Oh, perfect. Uh, code. So you got a key. So I have a perpetual key, which is nice for my computer. Benefits of grad student. Yes, exactly. PhD but, student. But but obviously you're gonna need to buy like Adobe Premiere if you have if you want to use that or any other software that you want to use. You gotta buy that. Yeah, that is. I mean, game, if you're gaming, not all games are free. You gotta buy those. That's a good point. Yeah, that's all software costs. Yeah. Um, and then I think the last thing is just aesthetics. Like if you want RGB in your case. What's RGB? Red, green, blue. Ah, uh, colors. Yeah, so basically we can I can uh we'll drop a link to my picture. Yeah, let's put case. a put, put a picture up on Twitter and yeah, link it. We'll do that. Basically RGB if you want to add like LEDs to your lights. Like I I liked my case to, I wanted my case to look good. So I added RGB to it. I th- I'm looking at it you know, right RGB, now. It looks really good. RGB makes your frame rates go faster. What? Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but it um, sure does look good. So we talked about costs. Let's talk about how much you spent on your PC build. And I want you, if you know the answer to this, how much you think it would have cost if you bought it off the shelf? I would think my build cost altogether probably about like 500 bucks. And I've actually seen computers with lesser components, but kind of around the same specs of mine going for like 1000 to 1100 um, Like off the shelf ones? Off the shelf, oh, wow. pre-built. So you're saying that's like a... 100 percent saving or 50 percent saving yeah um i think so i definitely save a lot of money doing this way again it's going to take time to do though and i guess we didn't talk about this earlier but i'm a big proponent of buying when things are on sale not necessarily to get everything accomplished on the same day right buying piece by piece because that's going to give you the best value um a couple of resources that i used um to put my build together was pc parts uh pc parts list i think dot com pc parts checker pc parts we'll put that uh link in the description in the show notes so if you are interested in building your own pc we'll we'll include that resources and were there any other resources that you use besides that one pc okay use that you can set up your entire build it actually links to prices of components so you can find the best place between Newegg.com or Amazon or uh, B&H, the best prices for components. Um, so B- PCparts.com. Also, you can use Reddit. Reddit was a big proponent of and helped me out a lot. Okay, for information. For information. Um, there's a specific subreddit for sales called a Build a PC Sales subreddit. Yeah, so just Google Build a PC Sales. Okay, very good. We'll, we'll put a link for that as well. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it was a great experience. I love my computer. I use it 
so much more than my MacBook now. I'll say that. Nice. Um, the setup is awesome, um, and it looked great. So I'm super happy with it. I'm glad I did it. Um, and I think that's it, right? We're short on time. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. Good work on your computer. If you guys build your own computer or need any help with your computer build, let us know. We'd love to help you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so our friend Sam is actually building a computer too. Is he? Yes. <laughs> he just sent me his parts list and it looks spectacular. And I'm glad he, he came to me for help for a couple of components. So um, I'm glad I'm at a point where I can actually help people. It's awesome. Yeah, that's really exciting. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We'll see you all next time. Yep. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode. Please follow us on Twitter at the 4501 Podcast to keep up with the latest news and events. If you have any suggestions for episodes or would like to contact us, shoot us an email at the4501podcast at gmail.com.